Thank you for coming. It's great to have you here this morning. Um, the Word of God introduces us to this concept of rest. Um, every um, seventh day, we are called to rest. It's good for us. God made the Sabbath for us so that we can learn to rest. We see every seven years, God commanded Israel also to rest the land. Um, and, and there's this powerful cycle of rest. And then, of course, every 50 years, the year of Jubilee, um, debt was canceled. Um, everything was restored again. It's a powerful concept. And in the church family that we belong, um, pastors can also take a sabbatical every seven years uh, for three months. And I've been uh, with the show for now for 26 years, and I haven't taken that. But um, I am turning 50 in January. So, um, oh, I, 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 my wife is going to take a sabbatical for three months. Um, so, we, we're going we're gonna to take a break for November, December, and January. We're still going to be here um, at church, and, and um, we're not going to be away. Maybe December, we're going to be away for about three weeks, but for the most of the time, we're going to be here. I'm going to do what everybody thinks pastors do. It's nothing. Just read my Bible and pray for three months and write down what I feel the Lord says to me. Um, I'm looking forward to being a pastor. Um, I'm just joking, but I'll just be reading the Bible and praying. <laughs> um, so, but we're not going away, so we'll see you again. Werner and Hendrik will continue with church as usual. And um, we'll see you throughout, and we'll be back in February uh, this morning, I want to share about uh, this powerful verse in the Bible that your joy may be full. It's um, the Apostle John that wrote this in, in, the, in the small little book, 1 John. He gives a, a summary of the gospel and what it means to be a Christian and how to live as a Christian. And in his introduction, he says, I write these things that your joy may be full. And this joy is, is based on a fellowship with God and others. And, and this, this that I want to share with us this morning, and I want us to read from verse 1. We're going to read about 12, 15 verses um, in the book of 1 John. John starts off by saying, that which, we, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. What a powerful introduction to the gospel. The title of my sermon this morning is that your joy may be full. It is such a central part of our relationship, fellowship with God, is this fullness of joy that we have with Him. There's something amazing about our salvation through Christ. Through Christ, we are reconciled with a relationship, a fellowship with God. And in that relationship, the Word of God described as a fellowship. 
it's a, it's a, it's a word lost in our modern English, but um, in Greek, it is a very powerful description of a kind of relationship that we have with God and each other through Jesus Christ. Um, and it's this relationship, this fellowship that, that leads to fullness of joy. If you look at Greek, um, it, it, it describes the kind of relationship John was speaking about. It literally means a partnership, a participation, a communion. It is a joint participation that leads to fullness of joy. And John is saying that through Jesus Christ, we have a joint participation with God that leads to fullness of joy. It's a very powerful concept. Um, I discovered that this joy when I was 16 years old, a teenager, depressed, and um, at the end of myself, I discovered Jesus, and my life was changed forever. And for 34 years, I have continually drank from this well of joy in a relationship with God. It's not just joy that we have in this relationship. There are many other fruit. There is love. There is peace. There is acceptance, belonging, purpose, destiny, fulfillment. There are just so many aspects of this relationship that we have in Christ. This morning, I just want to share on this joy. And it's interesting that John starts also with this as a reason and an invitation to hear the gospel, that your joy may be full. And he starts off by describing Jesus as life. Jesus is life. He is the word of life. He is eternal life that was manifested to us. And John says, I'm a witness. I'm an eyewitness. I have seen, I've heard, I have touched Jesus. And I have fellowship with him, and, and you too can have fellowship with him. And therefore, I write these things that your joy may be full. What a powerful introduction. Jesus declared himself that he has come to give us life. And not just life, but life more abundantly. And, and so Jesus, as life, as eternal life, is the one who also gives life. And the invitation is to have life with Him. A different kind of life. And it's not just life in this world, but it is eternal life. God says, through a relationship with me, you can have eternal life. Because I am the source of life. And if you have a participation with me, in me, you will have Eternal life. And I think this is very important for us as Christians to remind ourselves again that the center of our hope of Christianity is the promise of eternal life. Jesus came to give us eternal life. It's not just life in this life, but eternal life with Him. And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves of that and to focus on that from time to time. The promise of eternal life especially as we get older. And we are, we are faced with the reality of life on this earth coming to an end. When you reach your 70s and your 80s, it becomes a far greater reality. But our hope is not this life. Our hope is eternal life. And so Jesus come to tell us that death is not the end. It is just the beginning of eternal life with God. It is central to our Christian faith and our hope. And I want to encourage you 
if, if you are running in your last season of life, don't hold on to this life too tightly. Our hope is not here. Our hope is in eternal life. And we can with great confidence pass from this life to the next. With great expectation and joy. Because that is why Christ came. To give us eternal life. Amen. This revelation of eternal life with God gives me great joy. Great consolation. Even in saying goodbye to loved ones. I, I don't grieve my father. <laughs> I grieve my own loss of a father. But I know soon I will see my father again. And so grief do not last long. Because it's filled with hope and joy. Of the knowing that eternal life is waiting. And I will see my father again. What great confidence do we have as Christians? It is amazing when, when the word says, death, where is your sting? Um, we have passed from fear to hope. And, and so that's central of Christianity. And so therefore John starts off with describing Jesus as life, eternal life, that was manifested to us. But getting back to this relationship, this fellowship, this very powerful concept of a joint participation with God through Jesus Christ. John says, and these things from verse 4 we write to you that you may have joy and that you may, sorry, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard and declared to you that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in, in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. What a powerful summary of the gospel. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He himself is the propitiation of our sins. And not just ours only, but also for the whole world. What a wonderful summary of the gospel. So powerfully summarized in some key aspects. You know, our greatest joy is the joy of our salvation. The fact that we have been forgiven of our sins, cleansed from all unrighteousness, and that not through ourselves, but by grace. What an amazing gospel. What an amazing good news. That we have been saved from our sins, forgiven and cleansed by grace. And that we can stand before God with full assurance of being accepted and loved. John summarizes this in 12 verses very powerfully. We can stand before a holy God and know that through Christ's sacrifice, we have been forgiven and declared righteous. Christ himself 
has become the propitiation of our sins. What a powerful concept. This, this word propitiation is, a, again, a difficult word in English. We don't use it often and struggle to pronounce it. But it literally means being satisfied, satisfaction. It refers to the fact that God is holy, perfect, and just. And that sin is a rebellion against His perfection. And His righteousness demands justice. And therefore there is a penalty for sin. The wrath of God is poured out against all sinners. But because of the love of God and His mercy, He made a way for us. By sending His Son to pay the price to satisfy His justice and wrath. So that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's an aspect of the gospel that we not often hear the purity of God's holiness and the severity of His wrath towards sin. It means that through Christ, through His perfect life and atoning death, that He satisfied the wrath of God against our sin and against us. And it was not just Christ's death that set us free. It was his whole life that he lived in perfect obedience that made him the perfect sacrifice. You see, God is holy and perfect. I'm so glad I grew up in a, in a church that, that declared, explained, and emphasized the holiness of God. I, I have a holy fear of God. Of his holiness. When you read the Old Testament, we are, we are introduced to in the holiness of God. When we read Revelations, we are reminded of the holiness of God. And so John reminds us of this holiness in verse 5. He says, this is the message which we've heard and declared to you. As a matter of fact, he says, this is the message that we heard from him and declared to you that God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. It's a very powerful declaration of his holiness. And sin is a rebellion against God, a perfect God, and the consequence is separation from God, the source of eternal life, and ultimately death in hell. It's a terrible thought, but it is a reality. Our understanding of the purity of God's holiness and the severity of God's wrath is a directly proportionate to our need for salvation and our joy and thankfulness of being saved. There are so many people out there in this world today that ask the question, why do I need Jesus? Well, I'll tell you why you need Jesus. Because God is a holy God. And there's no darkness in him at all. And whatever darkness and sin comes in his presence, it will be judged. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. If you understand God's holiness and his wrath towards sin, you understand your need for salvation. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter how famous you are. You are desperately needing salvation. And God in His mercy and grace made a way for us. Not through our works and effort, but through His Son. And if we understand the severity of His holiness and the greatness of His wrath, 
We understand our need for salvation and our thankfulness for being saved. The joy of our salvation. I am saved, and that not of myself. It is a gift of God. You know, people often say God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. And I understand what people mean by it. But we have to understand it is not just sin that God sends to hell. He sends people to hell. And without Jesus Christ, we all are doomed. But thank be to God for His mercy and grace that He sent His Son at great expense so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If we realize that, our salvation truly becomes a source of joy. For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and need a sacrifice for our sin, lest we stand guilty before Him. But God sent Jesus on our behalf. The deeper the revelation of God's holiness, the severity of His wrath, the greater our appreciation of our salvation and His grace towards us in Christ Jesus. Our salvation itself becomes a great source of joy. Romans 3 says it this way, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as the propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. It is the gospel, the good news. This came at great cost, the life of His own Son, so that we can become the righteousness of God, that we have a relationship with Him, restored to the source of eternal life. A joint participation with God, who is eternal life. This is great joy. It should always remain the center of our life and the source of our life. But this fellowship, joint participation, does not mean now that we're saved, we can continue in darkness. Verse 5, it says it this way. This is the message we heard from Him and declared to you that God is light and in Him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him, a relationship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. How powerful is that? A summary not just of the gospel, but the way we should live in response to it. By His grace and His power in me, through the Holy Spirit, we can now also walk in the light as He is in the light. Through a joint participation with God, through the Spirit that lives in us, it is so powerful that salvation is not just a restored relationship, but a joint participation. It is God that now comes and takes out the heart of stone, puts in a heart of flesh, and most significantly, pour His Spirit within us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives within us. The same presence of God that was in the Holy of Holies now lives with in us. God's presence are now in us, and we have become the temple of God. There is now a joint participation with the divine in us that enables us to live in the light as He is in the light. 
And because of this joint participation, there is forgiveness of sins. Because of this relationship. It does not mean perfection. If it was perfection, then it would not be grace. But it means a relationship. A love, a loyalty, a participation, a partnership, a yearning for God. Verse 8 put it this way. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. How powerful is that? This is the joy that we have. Because of God's love and grace, he has forgiven us, redeemed us, poured his spirit within us, and we can live for him. And we can become more like Him. And this is one of the greatest sources of joy, is this fellowship with Him. The knowing of Him produces in us a great joy. A joy of our salvation and a joy of life with Him. As we grow to know Him, to follow Him, to understand Him, and to experience Him, him more. It's not perfection. Even in this relationship with Him, if I fall, if I make a mistake, His sacrifice is sufficient to cover for it as long as I continue to walk in the light. It gives us great joy. How do we know how to walk in this light? Well, the first way we know how to walk in the light is through knowing Him. Is to discover who He is. Is to see who He is. And in my knowing him, seeing him, I understand what he loves and what he dislikes, what he hates and what he values. And it's in this relationship with him that I discover love. I discover forgiveness. I discover humility. I discover compassion, giving, caring for the poor, the needy. The orphan, the widow. It's all about the character and the nature of God. And as I know him, as I see, as I learn who he is, I can follow that with confidence. And it's in my growing, in my confidence of knowing him, that his spirit changes me to become more like him. In my forgiveness, in my love, in my compassion, in my giving. And with that change comes a joy inexpressible. The second way we learn to walk in the light is through His commandments. He made it so clear for us how He wants us to live our lives. That's why 1 John 2 verse 3 says, By this we know that we know Him. How do we know that we know Him? 
if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And so our love for God is expressed in our obedience to him. That changes us. And there's just something about a closeness and an intimacy between a child and a father when they do things together. And you, your parents, must have discovered the joy when your children join you in doing something together. Doing something together that you both enjoy. There is a fullness, there's an intimacy that grows through walking together. And so our joy grows in our relationship with Him and our becoming more like Him. God's ways is not a mystery, and they are perfect. And as we look at His light, His ways of life, and the truth in His Word, we can follow Him with confidence. And even when we fail from time to time, His sacrifice is complete to forgive us as long as we continue in the light. And as we do, we grow in our relationship with Him and our dependence on Him. And it's in this relationship, a joint participation with Him, that it leads to fullness of joy. Because something in about the way God created us, in His image and likeness, we can only find fullness of joy in His presence. In a participation, a partnership, a fellowship, a relationship with Him. Somebody refer, people, some people refer to it as a void within us. While it is a lack of a relationship with Him. It's in that relationship that we find fullness of joy. Three things I'm going to end, end off. Hendrik, you can come forward. Three things that will lead us to fullness of joy. First of all, the joy of my salvation. It is the first and most powerful joy that we have. The fact that we are saved, redeemed, forgiven, cleansed, accepted, belonging to God, and have eternal life with Him waiting for us. It is the greatest source of our joy, being loved by God. The second is the joy of fellowship with Him. The more I grow in my relationship with Him, the more His joy grows within me. And thirdly, there's another joy, the fellowship with other believers. When we have fellowship with God, we also have fellowship with others that are in relationship with God. And through this joy, we grow closer to one another. So I want us just to close our eyes for a moment, and I want us to reflect on where we're at in our relationship with Him. Just want you to think for it for a moment. Where are you with your fellowship with God? And I want you just to respond to Him, whatever stood out for you in this message. Just speak to the Lord. How deep is your love for Him? Maybe you are here this morning and you, you don't know Him. 
these things that I speak of is foreign to you. You do not know this joy of knowing God. If that is you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. It's a different dimension of life. It literally, you pass from the mortal to the immortal. From the seen to the unseen. From the temporal to eternal. You meet the Creator. And He embraces you as His own. If you do not know that, you're missing out the greatest part of existence. Everything in this world is empty. It leads to nothing. It just decays and dies. But everything in Him lasts forever. If that is you while all the eyes are closed and you want to surrender your life to Him, I want to give you an opportunity right now to do so. I'm not going to call you forward, but I'm going to pray for you. So if that is you and you want to surrender your life to God, I want to give you an opportunity just to quickly raise your hand. If that is you today. Thank you for that hand. You can drop it again. Is there anyone else? Give a moment for someone. Lord, I want to thank you for a heart that's responding to you. I know heaven rejoices over one soul. There are greater rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that comes to repentance than 99 righteous that needs no repentance. And Lord, so I pray for her, Lord. I pray that this morning, Lord, as she opens her heart to you, it's a simple prayer. It's, Father, I am a sinner. I am lost. I need a Savior. And I turn to you. I confess my sin and ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you came the sacrifice for me so that I can be free. I choose to believe in you today. Accept you not just as my Savior, but my Lord. And I will follow you all the ways of my life. I thank you, Lord, for that right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill her life. And that she may know that she belongs to you. And that this joy will fill within her. And know that she is free, cleansed, forgiven. And for the rest of us to remind ourselves every day that we too have been forgiven, cleansed of every sin. And while we are in this attitude of prayer, maybe an opportunity just to check our levels of joy. Where are your joy at in this moment? What is your joy based on? we are low it's sometimes because we try to find our joy in temporal things perishable things 
things in this world, if you plug into those things, your joy will run low. This morning, I believe God has given an invitation again. All who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. I will give you life. I will give you joy. So if that is you this morning, while all the eyes are closed, I just want you to respond to the Lord. If you know you need to plug in again, <laughs> just want you to respond to Him. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to call you. Just, it's just between you and the Lord. Just as the hands go up, it's just, Lord, here I am, Lord. I want to plug into you again, Lord. You could just raise it, drop it again. It's just between you and the Lord. It's just a response. Say, Lord, here I am, Lord. I want to I wanna connect with you again afresh, Lord. I want to realign, recalibrate, reboot. Lord, I want to I focus on you, Lord. I want to put my hope in you. Not in this life, but in you alone. Lord, I want to I surrender. I want to surrender. I want to open up. I want to draw near. Right now, just where you are, just in your own words, just draw near to Him. Open up. Surrender. If you are here this morning and you feel guilty of your sin, your mistakes, your failures, if you plug into Jesus, He says, I will forgive you of all your sin and I will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just to cleanse you of every sin. <laughs> every sin. Just, just see it wash away. He washes you free. He washes you clean. He washes you new. He makes you new. For some, Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. Open for me. Let me in. And I will dine with you. Some God is saying, I want to have fellowship. I miss you. I want to have fellowship. just want to spend time with you. For some God is saying, I want to I want to invite you to a joint participation with my spirit. I want to give you more of me. Allow me in. 
allow me in. Father, I pray for each and every one of us this morning. I thank you for your invitation. Thank you for giving us salvation. Thank you for saving us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't even earn it. It was just your grace, Lord. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for pouring out your spirit in us. You in us and us in you. Thank you that it is the seal of our inheritance. Eternal life. God, I pray that you'll help us to put our hope there. And our hope in you. Our focus, our desire. And when we're thirsty and hungry, not to turn to the world and the things in the world to fill us, but to turn to you. And every time you fill us up with joy, with peace, with love. Lord, I pray that we will continue to walk in this all the days of our life until we see you face to face. And then faith will be replaced by sight. Hope, a reality. And love, perfect. We thank you for this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming. May God bless you. And may your joy be full in Him. We're going to dismiss the meeting. If you need of prayer, we're going to be here in the front for a few minutes. Um, we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, may God bless you. May you have an awesome week filled with joy and follow Him. Amen. God bless you.